Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. I am Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. On this episode, I talked with Adam McGrath. Uh, Adam McGrath returns. This was his second time on here. I talked to him way back in August of 2017 uh, on the first season of this. Uh, I believe it was episode 31, but uh, yeah, maybe I should have checked that before, but I didn't. Um, uh, Adam plays guitar in Caven. Adam also plays in the band 27 and Nomad Stones and Wear Your Wounds. Uh, he's one of the the founding members of Caven, and um, yeah, uh, I I see Adam. You know, uh, in civilian life, he he works at the tattoo shop that I go to. Um, but I don't usually talk to him about cave related stuff when I see him out in the world. So it was kind of cool to, to be a nerd and talk about cave with him. Um, they, uh, I just saw them play in Keene, New Hampshire last night, and they're about to play in Brattleboro, Vermont. They are, um, playing kind of an eclectic set, uh, gearing up for uh, a festival, um, performance in Europe, uh, in a couple months. They're going to be playing at the Roadburn Festival, so they're kind of road testing some stuff that they haven't played in a long time, some covers, uh, and some some other stuff from their most recent album, Heavy Pendulum, which is amazing. And uh, if you haven't heard Heavy Pendulum, definitely get, do yourself a favor and listen to it. It's a phenomenal record by an amazing band. But um, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate Adam taking the time to talk to me again and uh amazing guitar player great guy and hopefully you enjoy this conversation with me and adam mcgrath no it's the only thing that i've ever had like ruin audio and this was like the first season that i was doing this i i recorded a friend of mine who's a tattoo artist in the tattoo shop oh, yeah. and i didn't realize that like the frequency of the guns was just the perfect thing where it was like you you couldn't hear any audio every and you know it's a tattoo shop so every nine seconds i know you know i hate that song it's funny yeah. uh, there's a podcast the guys at the shop were talking about same thing couldn't even listen to it. They, they put it on for me for a second, and you know, because I work there, I'm like, sure. oh, I would never be able to listen to this. Just sure. that, that sound of that machine. Yeah. Well, it's weird that, like, that sound is so connected to tattooing because, like, every time I get tattooed, so I was like, all right, now I'm back in it. It's almost like low-level, like, trauma triggering. Yeah, I mean, the game's changing a little bit. Those, some of those guys use those wands, those silent machines. Yeah. Um, you can still kind of hear a frequency coming off those, but it's not as bad as hearing. I mean, those things sound like lawnmowers all day long. Right. But I'm there all day. Sure. So I, it's it definitely... It's definitely noise pollution for my ears. For yeah, you, you don't wear any like ear protection when you. No, and it's you know it's not bad when it's like a few guys, but if we have a full shop, yeah. it's it's a grind. Um, my ears are definitely cooked between the music, right? Um, you know, blasting MP3 Bluetooth signal all day, which isn't the best way to listen to music if right. you're doing it for eight hours straight. Right. You know, and then with the sound of the machines. But I mean, these are minor complaints. I love working at the shop, sure. But as far as like noise pollution and being a musician, it definitely can torch my ears a bit. You yeah. Know? It was interesting because uh, I looked back, I was trying to remember when, uh, welcome back, by the way, this is your second time on this Thank podcast. Um, it was way back, it was the first year that I was doing it, it was August of 
2017, so it was like five and a half years ago. Awesome. Yeah, was, I was at Northeastern at that time. Northeastern. Right? Yeah, it's a whole different life now. Yeah, it's, I mean, your job was different. Your band was different. Yep. Uh, the world was different. Yep. Um, it's uh, it's it's nuts. Um, I don't I don't normally get political, but it, this is in the news right now, so I'm gonna break with form and uh, gotta get your take on it. The hot thing that everyone's talking about, of course, uh, Mick Mars suing Motley Crue. <laughs> um, are, are, are you Team Mick or Team Nikki? Um, you know, I'm not. I was never. You know, I like Motley Crue. The songs of Jared and Steve are more Motley Crue fans than myself. Yeah. You know, I, I, it seems like I'm more of a Kiss guy, and I know sure. Kiss has been fighting in the news lately. Yeah. Uh, Ace and Paul yeah. uh, talking shit about it, I think because they were asked if Ace would play the last show and. Paul said something like, oh, we'd have to call ourselves pissed, and Ace is pissed off saying he's going to put dirt on them. Right. I mean, for me, as a fan of Kiss, I wish they would stop, and I'm sure fans of Motley Crue the same thing. Sure. It's just like, it kind of like, it's it's not a fun way to watch your, your older, your one of your old favorite bands fighting at this right. point of the game. Right. It doesn't It takes away from their legacy. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just kind of sad, you know. Like I don't want to. Like, I I love Paul Stanley, but listening to him talk shit about Ace, like, dude, just get over it, right. just move on. Right. You know what I mean? You know, like, clearly, at least financially, you've won. Yeah, so, like, I mean that's the thing go. you've won. I mean Mick Mars and you know Mick's a great guitar player. Yeah. Um, you know, Molly Cruz seem like grifters to me at this point. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't. From what I see from their videos, uh, they look pretty rough up there. Yeah. But that, I'm not really a fan, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Sure. Like, what I see on the internet, it looks pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, I was, you know, junior high, early high school, I was huge into Motley Crue because, you know, it was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. I was he's pretty religious, so, you know, shout out the devil, all that stuff. You know, I was told from an early age, when you listen to this, you're going to go to hell. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> These guys are awesome. And then, you know, as you get older, I'm like, Spain's not very good. <laughs> and everything that I'm reading is like, I guess their last tour, it's like 90% tapes anyways, which, I mean, their shows have always been a spectacle, so I can't say it surprises me. You know, pop singers do it all the time because they're dancing and it's, you know, it's, it's a show. It's not, you're not seeing a band so much as the show. So yeah. it makes sense if you want the show to go off right, but also coordinating with pyrotechnics and stuff like that. So it's like... I don't know. Just be honest about it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just such a different world with those guys, right. you know. And I mean, they've been they've been doing it for so long. Like I said, I, I, they're not putting on new music or anything, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know they did that tour with Def Leppard last summer, and I saw Def Leppard, Leppard a few years ago yeah. uh, on a whim at a festival. And Def Leppard were amazing. Those guys. <laughs> like, so I've seen them, I think, three times. First time I saw them was co-headlining tour with Journey, like. And it was before the the uh, newer singer Arnold. I mean, he's been in the band like 15 years now. But it was Jeff Scott Soto was yep. singing for him, and uh, I mean, Journey was fine. It was you know they're singing all the songs you've heard on the radio your whole life. But then, uh, and I was kind of expecting Def Leppard to be kind of schmaltzy or whatever. And they're fucking great. Yeah, they are. so good. And like just the energy that they're putting out. And I'm just like, and like Phil Phil Collin like. I don't think that dude even owns a shirt. I know. Like, he's like ripped it. Like he's like 75 years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like great guitar player. And I'm just like, and talk about a band that's been like dealt tragedy over tragedy, you know, like one of their guitar players died of alcoholism, you know, Rick Allen you know, only has one arm. He was just assaulted when I was in Florida. Before, I, yeah, ago, yeah. yeah. I heard about that. Um, and also you see Def Leppard like, Oh, I know this song. Oh, I know this song. Yeah. Oh, I know this one too. 
it's like yeah. hit after hit after yeah. hit. And you're like, <laughs> oh, they've been an enormous band for 40 years yeah. now. Like, it's insane. Um, so you guys, you guys are on this little mini tour right now. Um, kind of, you know, Steve talked about it last night prep for the Roadburn show. You're, you guys are doing two headlining sets, correct? Um, yep, we're doing, uh, we're going to play Heavy Pendulum in its entirety, which we have not really practiced yet. Yep. Also, we're, all the songs we're playing on this trip, we have not played in the past year. Yeah. I feel like we can dial up the ones we played for the past year pretty quickly, I'm hoping anyway. I think yeah. one or two passes will be all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're trying to get all the songs, we're doing a whole Heavy Pendulum set and then a cover set, which we actually were learning on this trip. We probably have to do one or two more. Yeah. Um, but it's also been a really fun exercise of relearning old songs, some songs we've never played live. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I Love I Job, we never played. We've only played it twice now. Um, doing some different stuff. Yeah. And it's also like not, it's not the pressure of like playing new songs per se, like if it was a new album or something. It's yeah. like just playing new stuff to play new stuff that we've never done before. Yeah. And um, I think we're having a really good time with it. It's definitely work. You know, we worked our asses off trying to get this shit together. What wasn't easy by any yeah. means. Um, because sometimes, even like I know the way we recorded the Cure, we're not really playing it the same way, right? Because we never played it live. We right. Recorded, we, we learned it to record it, and then years later, like trying to play it live, like this feels a little awkward. Let's kind of play, let's try to see how we can play it naturally in 2023. Right. Um, so it's been cool. You know, I really enjoy it. It's a very different set, and I, I think we were nervous because we practiced two nights ago, and like I don't know how this is going to go over because it's really different yeah. from what we've been doing the past few years. But I think it's cool. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, it was. I had, I had a blast last night, and I was, I was texting with a couple friends uh, who either just couldn't make it, you know, because you know, Keen's kind of in the middle of yeah, nowhere, right nowhere, or some friends who are across the country, uh, and they're like, "Do they play this? Do they play?" I'm like, "No," because you know they've looked at set lists for the past couple of years, and you know, and you know. Again, Steve said last night, um, you guys were kind of working on like a core set for the last, which especially, you know, Heavy Pendulum was new uh, and it was also your first proper studio record in quite some time. So it made sense that you were playing a lot from that. Um, but this is, you know, uh, you know, I was saying to Nate last night, I said, other than uh, um, New Reality and God, I don't remember which which are the other ones those were the only I think, ones I think New Reality is the only one we've really been playing a lot yeah um, so it was cool and Sing My Loves we played last night which we didn't even practice right. we just pulled that out of our butts last night right um, I was psyched I got to hear um, my my favorite song from two of your different records which um, Waiting for Love which is my favorite song on Heavy Pendulum nice. and then um, The World Is In The Way which Last time I saw you guys play, that was at the Knitting Factory in New York with Ben Kohler on drums. So it's a long time ago. It was it was two thousand time. Ago. Yeah, I mean, I've got I got the lyrics from that tattooed on my chest. So oh, that's cool. like top five Caven songs. I was like, oh shit, oh shit, and you know, I never thought I'd hear "I Love I Jaw." Neither did um, I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was cool. Get to see the Ray Guns. Yeah, um, it's cool bringing them yeah. back. You know, it's it's uh, you know, in the confines of our times, playing with guns is, is a whole different thing. But I also said. Something we've done in the past. It's not sure. like we're pulling guns out twenty years later. And like, what is like we've done it right. before? But I mean, guns aren't a really a, a hot button topic these days. Sure, and I, I mean, they're why. also you know they're very science fiction exactly. light up. I mean, yeah. no one would you know. I think someone would be hard pressed to uh, think it was again. It was it was a real firearm. Yeah. But so when when you guys started 
talking about doing this set and like how did you like whittle down how did you decide was it like did everyone throw in some votes or um we threw in a lot of songs you know nate has been a really good barometer in the band of like stuff like oh you know because he was on being on this the sidelines watching us for years he's a, he's a good barometer of like oh this song i love how come you don't play it anymore yeah things like that i think andy wendo is a good example of that we haven't yeah. played andy wendo in years yeah um uh, Stain Silver he brought up, you yeah. know, which was again fun to play. Haven't done it in years. Yeah. Um, but then covers, you know, it was a lot. I mean, you know, obviously, well, you know, we're a tight unit, but we're all very different. So everyone's kind of throwing ideas in. Um, but into another, that was Nate, and I love that band. Yeah. Um, but I also said because it's like it, they're like, oh, it's kind of in your range, Adam. But I'm like, yeah, if I can, if I'm going to sing that, there's no way in hell I can play guitar. Sure. You know what I mean? It's like Rob Halford vocals. Right. And I. It, I, it, so it's a different trip, but it, it also I, I love that band so much and learning the lyrics and, yeah. and doing it. It's, it's like it means even more to me now. Yeah, um, you know, the, Into Another is one of the first bands. They probably I got into underground music like '94, '95. Yeah, I would say, and you know, Nirvana was a gateway to all of it. But the first like underground bands, it was funny. Underground music to me when I first got it was like Fugazi Repeater and Into Another Ignorance. When yeah. I heard those records, I was like, oh, this is underground music, and I was so. Uh, drawn to it because I'm like, oh, these are the shows I need to go see. Like, these are the this is what's happening in the underground. Right. So, Interunder means a lot to me, um, especially in Methuen, the town that we're from. All the older kids love that band. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like the, the weird, you know, the weirdo metal that it is. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's so Methuen, the yeah. weirdo metal vibes. Um, so it's fun to do that song. Um, I love my job. We like so we're trying to dig up covers we haven't haven't done in years. The right. Cure song, we all love the Cure. It's like how come we've never played this live? Yeah. Um, what else did we do? Uh, the uh, we all Fleetwood Mac that was a Nate so, uh, a Nate we we kind of got that together when we were writing Heavy Pendulum yeah um, I think we're all Fleetwood Mac fans that was fun. that's fun to do have you guys recorded that they have not actually no we have recorded it yeah yeah there is a recording of that song um, the coding song you know again we're playing it different than the way we recorded it sure um, but that was fun to bring back I mean I really love playing that song yeah um, is that it is that all the covers. That was all the coverage yeah. you played last night. Um, I, I, I loved the Into Another song, and uh, I had seen I'd seen a picture from the night before of you singing without a guitar, and I was looking through the set list just trying to figure out which one, and I was like, what if it's the Fleetwood Mac song? And I was like, why would, why would I have not be playing guitar on that? But it, it makes sense what you were saying. It was also struck me as... Well, this is the first time I've ever seen Adam on stage without a guitar. I know it's funny. Like you, in my mind, I would thought I'd be like HR, like going fucking crazy. But yeah. it, being forty three, I'm like I don't see myself acting like a crazy person. Just sure. like and I, I told reading of like Iggy Pop and Bowie and the things that they say, kind of like if you can just anchor yourself, you don't have to do very much. Well, that was the thing in the the parts where there aren't vocals, you were very like still and actually had your eyes closed for a lot of it. Yeah, you can. And like I've got this uh, singing Lanigan a lot. Yeah. When, um, you know, I didn't see him a lot in the past 10 years, but, you know, 20 years ago when I saw him in Queens or doing yeah. solo shows, I thought he was very powerful by doing very little. Oh, yeah. I and mean, I'm not Mark Brannigan yeah. by any fucking sense of me. But sure. as far as, like, being, like, a singer, yeah. he did very little, but he came came off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just kind of stood there, and yeah. I think his presence. I mean, I think he, him and Lane kind of did the same thing. I never yeah. saw Lane's Daily, but I'm just, by the photos that I see, just kind of anchoring yourself, yeah. not doing much. And I think that brings a lot. Trent Reznor kind of does that. Yep. You know, just anchor yourself in the middle. Yep. Don't need to go crazy, you know. I got to, um, oh man, Lanigan used to light the cigarette. He would he would be smoking a cigarette and then light a new one off of the one that he, he was yeah. just like constant. I got to, uh, I'll, I'll brag just for a second. I actually got to go to 
that uh, Mad Season show at the Moor that they oh, wow. taped for, which was just like that's awesome. I just happened to be there because I was looking at colleges at the time and like you know heard about it. And I was like, oh, this would be cool, and I and I liked the record, but it didn't like hadn't really sunk into my marrow yet, and like. You know, they put it out on DVD maybe 10 years ago and watched it. I was like, that's crazy to me that I was there. But I've had a few shows that it wasn't until after the fact that it really kind of appreciated what a special thing it was. I was actually, um, you know, I talked to Jeb Riley uh, uh, probably about a month ago now. And we were talking about Woodstock 94, seeing Nine Inch Nails in the Mud because we were both there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then, you know almost 30 years on now it's like an iconic part of rock and roll it's yeah. just, it's, it's that's crazy. cool you saw that Mad Season show uh, it was it was so good Lanigan is so like on screaming trees at that time yeah long hair yeah, yeah. it's uh, and but again yeah, I take a lot from them at this point I don't need to you know I love jumping around and having a good rock and roll sure. time but singing I don't want to take away and uh, like I said I think Iggy Pop said it best like doing a little Doing less is more. Sure, he learned that from Bowie. I think Bowie also took from. I think they took from each other. Yeah, and again, seeing Lanigan, how he didn't do much, but his presence—you just felt it. You know what I mean? I very rarely, like I, rem- I don't remember if he ever said anything in between songs. I don't think I've ever said it. It was yeah. just kind Not of that. like, and especially uh, if there was a sign, he would just stand there. Yeah, that didn't move. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or he would take a rip from a cigarette yeah, and then go very, back to the very very stoic. Yeah, same yeah. when he was with Queens of the Stone Age yeah. too. Was, uh, yeah, but. Uh, it's funny, I I kind of picked up on it the last tour that I saw you guys at, but then last night was clear, like, like you you have, like, and I'm, I'm assuming it's intentional, maybe I'm wrong, but you have, like, a kind of a stage outfit now, the white and white, which at first I was like, oh, yeah, Adam's the man in white, but, like, you, you very much, like, are, like, like a bolt of lightning moving around because, you know, when the stage is dark, you know, Nate and Steve and JR are mostly wearing black or dark colors, and like it's definitely like a contrast. This this, this light moving through there is it was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I did it because I was sick of the whole black thing. Sure. And I love the Beach Boys. And yeah. I love especially the drugged out years of the Beach Boys that sure. no one cares about. And I love how they all wore white and light blues. And yeah. Like with the beards, the long hair, and that's kind of my trick. That I, I, I told when I started wearing the white pants, I'm like this is my drugged out Beach Boy look. Nice. And I've kept on rolling with it. I don't know how long I'll go with it. I mean, it's working right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just something different. You know? Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Well, and the thing that I like was remarking last night uh, when you were talking about the the lemonhead shirt that you had. I was just like, I don't think I have a single article article of white clothing that's that clean i'm like i i'm such a slob that everything gets oh. stained pretty quickly yeah i mean my he gets he, especially if you like because i don't wear the pants during the day now because sure. I, I tore last summer i didn't i look disgusting by the end of the week <laughs> i mean i'm so covered in dirt right um no i mean it, it is a whole different you have to be aware where you're eating everything when sure you, um but like i said it's my weird tribute to the beach boys if that makes any sense sure, sure. <laughs> um when you guys were picking out the the songs for this set or just writing a set list in general is there ever is there ever uh nope we're definitely not doing that like is there is are there cave songs that uh have been like retired or semi-retired or is it just like uh i don't know about that like um i don't i can't say anything's been retired because yeah. we did until your heart stops like two years ago right and i never thought we'd do any of that again yeah. you know especially the last song uh, i was like, 
Controlled Mayhem. I mean, yeah. I, I never thought I'd play that song again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's fun to bring, bring stuff back, yeah. you know, it, it really is. And, um, and it's also like a little bit less pressure of like writing new songs. Like, if, you know, it's in there somewhere with the exception of Nate. Nate, I give Nate a lot of credit. I mean, right. Nate's coming into a lot of this stuff like completely new and cold. Yeah. Like he never played World Is In Your Way. I had it in my brain somewhere, you know, right. it was in there. Right. I just hadn't done it in years. Uh, so it's a little different for Nate. Yeah. Um, also watching Nate, I mean, I knew this when Caleb was around. I knew that Caleb was great when he was around, but watching Nate, especially learn some of this new by innuendo and um, stayed sober. I'm like, man, Caleb is fucking good. <laughs> like, cause yeah. him wrapping his head around like the weird shit that Caleb did that was all Caleb, you know? Um, it's interesting to watch. I mean, Caleb, I mean, Nate's absolutely stepping into it and doing a great job. But I have a, a whole new appreciation for Caleb just because just watching someone try to wrap their head around it, you know? Um, and I always knew Caleb was great. But yeah. seeing it, seeing like a whole new dynamic of it, like someone trying to wrap their head around the style, it's like, wow, dude, it was awesome. Sure. Yeah, well, I'm sure, you know, being a, in a band with Caleb for so many years, you probably, like, not in a bad way, but almost take for granted what oh, he was sure. doing. Yeah, when I talked to Nate a couple years ago, he was just like, how the fuck did he play this? But he's really good. I yeah. mean, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, actually, um, you know, I, I still hearing I had I don't listen to Caven you know I don't listen to, I don't listen to our records but sure. I had to go back and listen to uh, what was in your way like yeah. not too long ago honestly like three weeks ago I relearned it yeah not, not that long ago um, and it's like it's like damn Caleb is great you know I don't I don't listen to the music because it, it, it is it's not it's I don't know if the word is hard for me but it brings me back sometimes that I don't need to go back all the sure time. sure um, I'll never forget him but I don't need to be drawn in yeah all the time um, but hearing that, I'm like, God, dude, it's fucking sick. His bass sounds great on that. His voice is great on that. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, last 30 seconds of that song, I, you know, that's one of the things like, you know, music's a huge thing for me anyways. It's probably like my, my number one vice. The last 30 seconds of that song is like probably like in my top five, like favorite musical moments of all time. Like when the guitar solos end. He comes back in with his yeah. vocals. I'm just like, that fucking gets me going every And he time. was great, man. He really was. And it's fun to play that song again. It really is. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a fun. I mean, we've only done it for two nights. Do it again tonight. I, yeah. I hope we don't change the set tonight. I don't know if Nate mentioned it, but I'd rather just keep on going with this set because it's so new that I, I, it's like every night I'm like, okay, i got to figure out sure. this. You know what I mean? Sure. There's not a lot of muscle memory in this stuff. Yeah. Where, like, playing, when we open with... Uh, New reality. There's a lot of muscle memory in that. Very easy because we've been right. doing it for the past year or two. But all the other stuff, it's like I have to concentrate. <laughs> but it was it was interesting when you were talking about uh, Nate's kind of perspective on the catalog and kind of putting fresh ears to it. Because it's even as a fan of the band, that perspective has kind of like given new like because. Uh, I think I think you guys did it at the Caleb tribute shows, but then you know um, the final transmission shows as well. You guys played Woodwork, which you know uh, from Antenna, which it's, it's what closes that record out. Is it? I forget that. Yeah, <laughs> but like, and and I really enjoy that whole record. But um, I don't want to say it was one of my least favorite songs on it, but it didn't. It never struck me as much as some of the other songs on that one. I mean, some of my absolute favorite Caven songs of all time are on that record. So when you guys started playing that, I was like, I paid attention to it for the first time. And I was like, oh, because I remember Nate saying, oh, this song's fucking great. Yeah, he's like, always loved that song. Yeah. And, and, and now that's become like, 
it's almost like the victory lap listening to that record i'm like oh this record ends with this fucking jam it's really cool and it's it's given me a whole new perspective on it nate's nate's definitely helped with that you know bringing back songs i you know woodwork is a really good example of songs yeah. i never thought i i never like whatever but yeah. then we'd be like oh yeah no it's good it's fun it's um i know particularly in the last decade or so where you know when caleb was playing with you guys still um after you came back from the kind of little hiatus from Perfect Pitch Black, he was doing a lot of vocals. You know, there were at least one song on each, you know, on Planets of Old and then White Silence where you sang lead too. Um, you guys haven't done a ton of, like, St- Steve's been doing most of the vocals now. I know Nate, you know, definitely contributes stuff too. Is that Has that been a conscious thing or just... Um, you know, I don't I mean, you know, I, my position on singing in Caven is I think Nate and Steve, this is just me talking. I think Nate and Steve are superior singers to me. And right. I, 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 I like doing the George Harrison thing. Give me one song to show sure. it and I'll get out of there. Sure. Um, but I know live, live, I think the triple harmony is cool that we do. Sure. Um, I would love to do more of that. I know live Steve appreciates having a second to not sing. Sure. And I know from doing now, Nomad Stones, when I was just a singer in the band, singing through a 40-minute 40, 40 set on your own, it's fucking hard. Sure. And it was nothing that it was something that I really wasn't empathetic to with Steve until I did it on my own. It's hard to get through a whole set on your own. So I understand why he likes when other people can take it for a second. Sure, You know sure. what I mean? Um, so I think there'll be more of it. I yeah. do. Um, but again, I'm not looking to sing in Cave-In. I mean, right. I, you know, uh, but I, I'm looking to do like the George Harrison thing. Give me a song or two. And the song is kick-ass and it's memorable, and I'll get out of there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm being selfish because I'm like one day maybe I'll get to hear the Red Trail or White Silence. Have you guys ever played White Silence live? No, no. That was like a studio song. Yeah. Red Trail. We we played the Red Trail a long well, time ago. I uh, I know you guys played it at the Planets of Old like release thing because yep. you played all four of those songs. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. Um, we yeah we played that. Um, probably like Isis's last show. We probably played that song. Yeah, that was probably the last time we played that stuff. Yeah, uh, but I don't see the you know Red Trail's not on my menu of things I want to dial back up right now. Yeah, um, that's, that's a hard song to sing. Oh, I, I even like screaming like that. I don't sing like that much these days. You right. know? I mean, I could probably do it if I tried, but I've really tried to just become a better singer over the past few years. Sure, um, sure. Which which you absolutely have. Like I've you know just listened to Nomad Stones and you know um, even see. See you perform solo um, as a performer and as a vocalist. Like you've definitely progressed over leaps and bounds over the you know like decade or so that I've known you. Thanks, so, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've definitely tried to get better. Uh, just learn what I can from the people around me, and um, you know, also try to be more myself than try to be things that I love. You know, like in clouds years, I was trying to be like HR, Nick Cave, all this different right. stuff. That I mean, I'm not none of those people. Yeah, I'm just trying to kind of find my wheelhouse and stick with it. And it's funny though, doing the Into Another stuff, that Into Another song, it's like, oh wow, there's things in my wheelhouse that I don't even use. Yeah. You know, because I'm just trying to sing that song good. But it's like, well, in the past few years, I've kind of stuck to it. I know it's comfortable and I can do it easily. Yeah. But Into Another, I'm like, oh, I could do these acrobatics if I, if I tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. You, um, so obviously in Caven, two guitar players, you and Steve, Nomad Stones, you're the only guitar player. And then, where are your wounds? There was three guitar players. Like, what's the... How how does that affect your playing, like, depending on the other guitar players? Um, well, I mean, where are your wounds with the three guitar players? You really have to know when to not play and play. And yeah. with, with that, it's kind of like weaving in and out of each other, like a big guitar quilt. Like, Sean will take it 
to the forefront. Mike will take it to the forefront. Sometimes me, but it's mostly like weaving in and out and not learning when not to play. Yeah, um, which is a fun exercise. You know, it's a whole different trip. Um, Kaven, you know, Steve's the band leader, and I kind of just follow him or try to keep up with him and try to f- pick my spots of trying to add cool flavors to my own thing when yeah. I can. Yeah. Um, Nomad Stones is kind of like trying to fill up sp- as much space as I can as a three-piece, you sure. know, whether, whether it be a, a riff or a chord progression or a guitar solo, kind of thinking of like the James Gang sort of formula, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like having the riff or like a lead and make the lead kind of be the loudest thing. Yeah. Um, they're all all three are different, you know, yeah. for sure. Uh, but you know, Kaven, like I kind of, like I said, follow Steve's lead and try to pick my spots where I can have my own spice or back him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it's a good dynamic. I mean, with Kaven, I'm very comfortable. Yeah. You know, with uh, Nomad Stones and Warrior Woods, those are different dynamics. But Kaven, I've been doing since I was a kid, right. so it's very natural to me to be in that role. You know, it was interesting on the. I mean, because Heavy Pendulum's very. When I was describing it to people, you know, when it came out, because, you know, a lot of people know I'm super into music, know that Caden's, like, my favorite band. So they're like, yeah, what do you think of the new record? I'm like, I love it, but it's also, like, to me, it's, like, your, like, most grunge-inspired record. Like, it, and and I, some people might take this as an insult, and I absolutely don't mean it as an insult. Like, the two records that, like thematically and sonically remind me the most of are the self-titled Alice in Chains record and Down on the Upside um, Soundgarden record, which were not like their biggest sellers, but just have so much personality and so much kind of like grit. Um, I mean, I've read enough articles uh, when you guys were doing press when Heavy Pendulum first came out to know that grunge certainly had an influence but like was that a conscious effort or I don't think it was a conscious I also think it was like a lot of it was written during pandemic times so sure. you you know everyone had to everyone was having like crazy a lot of downtime and I think it was also reflective everyone had reflective periods and I think that was a reflective time of like the things that really inspired us and you know, we were the perfect age for that grunge music, yeah. so I think that's why it's shown its face. I, I have a feeling in the future it's not going to be a, a, a theme. That's this is just. I mean, I haven't talked to these guys about it, but I think in the I think in the future I don't think it'll be as heavy as a theme as it was on Heavy Pendulum. Right. I think it was pandemic times, reflecting upon who you are and your life. Yeah. But I also think you know there's grunge stuff, but I also think it's a grunge through the the weird suburban, hardcore punk rock scope that we grew up in. Right. You know what I mean? Still executed in that weird VFW, you know. DIY scene that we came up through because um, yeah. I don't think I don't think we're like a, a arena rock like those bands sure you know um, was it a conscious effort I, I, I know we were inspired by that stuff sure um, without a doubt um, but I also think it, I think it was pandemic times that kind of contributed to that kind of like you know uh, you it was such a weird dark uncertain time that you go back to the things you go back to innocent times where you felt a lot of joy and I think sure. those times you think back to when you, you know in utero came out or you know, Super Unknown came out. Right. I mean, those are different times in our lives. Yeah. You know, like there was a lot of joy and excitement in music. Yeah. I think that's that's. I think that's why it showed its face a lot in, in the writing during that record. Um, just you know, feeling those feelings you have with that 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 joy of innocence when you're younger. Because sure. you had all this time to reflect in such a strange time. You know, um, I, th- I like I said, I have a feeling I don't think it'll be as heavy in the next stuff we do. Sure. But I could be wrong. <laughs> have you guys? started writing stuff no we haven't yeah. um, I mean there's I think I have some demos I think Steve has some demos um, Jared just recorded kind of like a cool solo record that sounds really cool almost oh, like wow. a Godflesh ministry vibe I'm really yeah. proud of it it sounds awesome 
Um, is he going to put it out? I'm he assuming. Is. Yeah, he is. Uh, I don't want to say the name wrong, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say it because I think that you said it wrong. Right. Um, but uh, I could actually look up the email so I can say it right. Cool. Um, but uh, no, no, no writing yet. I'm sure we will. I think I think we do have a. I mean, it's hard to say with in, in the times that we live in, but I think Caven has another great record in them, without a doubt. You know, um, we'll see when that happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, let me see here. But um, nothing yet. I think because we've been trying to get ready for the show, and also like you know, Heavy Pendulum was an undertaking. That's a long record. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a pandemic record. I think that's why it's so long. Um, but uh, Merilith, Merilith. That's what Jared's thing is called. Merilith. Merilith. I was gonna, yeah, I'm glad I didn't say what I thought right. it was. Um, Merilith, JR's record. Um, does he sing on it too? He does, yeah. Nice. His vocals sound awesome. I couldn't believe it myself. He sounds great. Nice. And I, not, not like I couldn't believe it, like I just didn't even know he had it in him. Sure, you know? sure. Um, I think we have, I think we have some, I think we want to do more, and um, I think we have another record in us without a doubt. I, I don't know how many, because it's so hard when you've been doing, when you're in a band like half your life, it's hard to like forecast. I, I, doing Caven at 43, 44 years old, I, I never thought we'd make it to this point. Right. You know? So it's like, I, I don't know how long we'll go to the wheels. I want to go to the wheels fall off. I don't know when that will be. Sure. You know, and everyone has families now, and that, that takes precedent over the band, which I, you know, obviously is, I understand. Yeah. So it's how long we go, but I do think we have another record in us at least. Um, but no, we haven't started. Was, yeah. You know, this, this, what, what you're seeing right now is what we've been working on. You know, we did Heavy Pendulum touring up until December. Yeah, we did all that West Coast stuff, and now we're doing this kind of like freaky weird set that, you know, it's a lot. Of, it, it as someone who's been a Caven fan for you know a couple couple decades now, it was a lot of fun. It was it was cool to. I mean, it was weird in the best possible sense because I was like. And I, I kind of spoiled it for myself because I had looked at the set list before because I was like, no, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look. And I was like, you just take a peek. And I was like, <laughs> God damn it. But, I mean, it didn't take away from my enjoyment at all. It was more, if anything, got me amped because I was like, I'm going to hear I Love I Jaw live. Like, never thought I would hear that. So. Yeah, it's a trip playing that song. Yeah. Um, and again, I mean, we, record, I, we never played that live. We recorded it at the Outpost 20-something years ago and then I just walked away from it. Um it's fun to play all that. It, it's been a lot of fun. Also, it kind of like brings back old caving characteristics, just some of the lead stuff and some of the way we play it. It's kind of like an old way we used to play that we haven't done a lot of. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So, yeah. So mixing the old with the new, you know, playing those heavy pendulum songs and then digging digging deep to stuff we haven't played in years. You yeah. Know? Uh, I'll throw this out now just because we were talking about the weird set because I've had so many people like bringing up over years and years. Do you think you guys will ever play Crossbearer again? Uh, you know, I it gets thrown out at shows all the time, I and I always hear you guys just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. You know, I, I, really, I wouldn't be against it, mm-hmm. you know, but I also it's not again, you know, it's not on my list of like, oh, we need to get that going again. Um, I'm not against it. Sure, I mean, I I, I would imagine, you know, because you wrote that like 25 years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, that's that's a very early in high school, innocent time sort of song. You know, yeah. that's also the original lineup of the band with Jay and Justin. Yeah. Um, you know, you never know. Never, yeah. I'll never say never, but it's also not on my list of things to figure out. You yeah. know, I know you guys just did the 25th anniversary until your heart stops box set, which looks amazing. Yeah, it came out great. Um, I had, I can't remember if I'd read or if I'd just heard. Like, is there a plan? Um, 
to eventually for relapse to do like get the entire cave in catalog back out there um i don't know i can't say the entire they have our catalog yeah um they definitely bought our whole catalog yeah uh, which is good for us because it's it's really nice to have a platform for that music again and i think they've done a great job with the dear heart stops i mean yeah. i i just said yes they were like oh the, the box set i'm like yeah cool and then it shows up in the mail I'm like holy shit yeah you know yeah um but jupiter's next we have a bunch of stuff for like the jupiter one nice um there's like a live radio set that we did with andrew schneider at that time there's all sorts of demos um so they seem excited about it and yeah. they've already done a great job with the to your heart stops i can't even imagine what they'll do with jupiter yeah um but i i can't i don't know if they're going to do every record i think they're trying to get like the the more popular ones out right now um but they have that they they do have our catalog the reason why our catalog is streaming everything they, yeah. they they own our catalog um so antenna as well no antenna is still sony it's still in the back but it's funny they they've talked about trying to figure it out someday yeah and whether we do get it, get a copy of Get It Get Back or not, we could literally put out a whole record of antenna B sides sure. without even putting out antenna again. Sure. We really could. Sure. Um, between live sets and the, all the demoing we did for that record. So there'll be something with that eventually. Um, Which, and antenna's probably, even though it's technically out of print, it's probably the most readily available cave in record if you go into any brick and mortar sure. record i mean case in point i bought one at the bull moose here in Keene yesterday uh for like three bucks ah six bucks <laughs> but it was one of those things that i was like because because i currently i think i think i've told you this before i don't have a cd copy of white silence it got stolen from me and i can't find it so anytime i go to a record store i just look it through the cave in bin and they didn't have it but I was like, wait, antenna with a hype sticker attached? Like, that's the height of, like, collector <laughs> nerdiness. I'm yeah. just like, you know, because I have, like, so many. That's one of those records, whenever I see it, I buy it, and then I give it to someone. That's and cool. I was like, because for, particularly for someone who doesn't necessarily listen to heavy music, per se, but can appreciate hooks, I was like, check this out. And then some people are like, oh, man, I, I love that. W- which record should I listen to next? I'm like, well, you can go a million different ways, yeah. but none of the other records <laughs> sound like this or each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I they've taught, I know Relapse, we think it's Relapse have the, if, if we could get that record back, Relapse will figure it out. Yeah. They, they, they're a powerful platform to be a part of, and it worked out really great for us. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there is a way that we, there, there's a, apparently a huge fee that we could pay to license the vinyl or something again. Um, but time will tell. Sure, you know, it's all a matter of what we want to do. But like I said, even if we don't put the, get the record license again, I think we will someday. Sure. But as of right now, there's no, it's not in the works. But we do have a whole slew. We could literally put out antenna B sides, and it'd be a full record. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so we'll see. It's it's nice to have um, you know money in the bank. Really, like I, I never thought we'd I'd be sitting here, took talking on to your heart stops all these years later, but it's out again. Right. Came, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, it's cool that they, all this stuff is going to see another, have another life to it, yeah. you know? Do you, um, do you, do you foresee that you guys might release, re-release Beyond Hypothermia? Because I know that was kind of, it's the songs from the original lineup, but it was kind of re-recorded. Um, you know, we've looked into it and there's some complicated issues that I don't really want to get into. Sure, sure. Um, but... There's some complicated stuff just because of uh, former members, and, uh, and it, it is what it is. Sure. And it's, it's so complicated that it's not. It, it makes it less of a priority. It's like, well, understandable. I'd rather work on something that's going to happen than deal with litigations and bad attitudes. Sure, so, sure. Um, 
you know, it is what it is. I mean, uh, you know, I was really happy with Into Your Heart Stop stuff that Dave got to have his, little, his part in the documentary, kind of telling his part of the story. Yeah. I'm glad he's, you know, it's in the cave in canon now, and it, it felt good to, like, have him in there and be a part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? That's kind of what I wish everyone could be. I wish we could just, at this point, all be, let bygones be bygones. Sure. You know? Um, so, you know, I was happy that Scrod got to have his, um, his whole story and, and his, about his writing lyrics and being in the band yeah. and those documentaries. Um, but it's not as easy for other people. That's all I'll say. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Right on. Right on. Um, cool. Well, I, I, I started this thing this, this season where I, I've got some... I got six questions that I'm asking everyone. Now, with you, I think I know the answer to some of them, but I'll throw them out anyways. Um, do you remember what your first live concert was? Uh, first live concert I saw Rush. Well, first big concert was Rush and Candlebox at the Worcester Center. Nice. Yep. Nice. What uh, What era of Rush was uh, that? There's a Counterparts tour. Oh. Yep. Okay. Uh, that was like my first concert. My first like big hardcore show that wasn't like local. Yeah. It was Chokehold, Frail, and Hatebreed at the Espresso Bar. Wow. <laughs> I saw, uh, again, going back to Woodstock 94, I saw Candlebox. The, the first and only time I saw Candlebox was at that. And the PA went out for like 10 minutes. So just the drummer, just Scott Mercado, just played for like. 10 minutes of drum solo while they, you know, figured it out, you know, where they had, you know, 50,000 people waiting for them. But uh, I was impressed. I don't know if I went back and, you know, saw Candlebox now, if I'd have the same impression. But yeah, um, I'm almost positive I know the answer to this, but uh, Beatles or Stones? Oh, you know, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. If I had a gun to my head, the Stones. Sure. But I think the Kinks should be in that that statement. Yeah. Right. I think all three are, are equal as far as British rock. That's just my, I, I, I think they all have their place. Sure. You know, the Beatles were like art rock, studio band. The Stones were like white man, soul, blues band. And the Kinks were like punk rock, slice yeah. of life music. And I think you can get everything you want in life sure. out of all those out of three, three. You know? Oh, well, speaking of the Stones, because I was going to mention this earlier and I totally forgot. So... Um, Moonlight Mile, you guys recorded a cover of that during the pandemic. Uh, it might not be the first thing you guys recorded with Nate, but I think it was the first thing you released with Nate recording with yeah, you Yeah, know, it, it was Nate's idea to do that song. Um, and Nate played guitar on that, correct? Yeah, he did. What was the... It was just, hey, this is the song I want to do. I'm gonna yeah, play. you know, that, that was recorded all remotely. That was yeah. like total pandemic style. Yeah. Everything, we, everything we recorded was all separate. Yeah. Um, I recorded everything at home by myself. And it came out, I thought it came out really good for what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of got the, the gears flowing of trying to, like, start writing Heavy Pendulum on sure. it. And, like, oh, let's try to get some new demos. We started doing stuff remotely. But then we started to get together. Um, you know, those were such uncertain times. Like, we'll get together and we'll wear masks, all those things that yeah. everyone was doing at that time. But once we started getting together, that's when we really started, we're off to the races as yeah. far as like getting stuff done. Um, but it was a fun exercise, but I, I, I can't say that I love working remotely. I mean, it's yeah. fun to do, but you get more done faster when you have your court, when you're with everyone in the room, without a doubt. Well, and I'm sure the, the energy of working with people in real time is completely different than yeah. yeah and also you just your ideas are better you know you, you have your you have your constructive criticisms around you to like shape your ideas better sure. at that moment rather than like sending something and waiting to hear back you know what I mean yeah, yeah. that was one of those again like perspective on it um, I was obviously very familiar with the Stones version of Moonlight Mile but it was never like high up there for me like a favorite Stones song uh, 
uh, Dead Flowers is my favorite Stone song, but um, I don't know what my favorite is. It changes a lot. I mean, I would say you're you're certainly a, a much bigger Stones fan than me. I mean, I like them, but I know that they're like a huge influence. I love on them, but, yeah. But that like your guys' version like of that, <laughs> uh, your guys' version of it really kind of. I was like, wow, this is a great song. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, I really dig it. I trying to pick a favorite Stone song, man. I don't know. I love Winter. Yeah. Um, hey, I could pick one on every every record, honestly. Yeah, you know, I, I'd have to take like I would have to go like Stone's guitar player. What's my favorite Brian Jones song? What's my favorite Mick Taylor song? What's my favorite Ron Wood song? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I I am a little partial to the uh, to the ones that Keith sings, though. I love the Keith songs. Yeah. 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 Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this one too, but you never know. I'm surprised. Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I love. I mean, have you been liking Mandalorian this season? I I have. I haven't. It's funny because I haven't seen the newest episode that came out this week, and I because I just started a new job and I'm working ten and a half hour days, oh, wow. so it's like it's completely different. I'm I'm doing science shit, which I never would have. That's cool. Pictured, but. I literally, I get up at five in the morning, you know, I leave work at 5.30 at night. So it's like, I go home, you know, wiped out, just wiped out. So, um, it was funny because all these people in the lab were like, you do anything for this weekend? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to Keenan, Vermont to, to go see some shows. And they're like, oh, like... That's a ways to drive. I was like, oh no! I was like, I, I've driven much further to yeah, see so this band. Out of Florida recently. Yeah, yeah, that and that was. I mean, I like road trips, anyways. Yeah, I just drove to Key West just to just to do it. That's awesome. But and they're like, wow, you'll drive two hours to to see. The, and they're like, what bands? I was like, well, it's the same band. Like, wow, you drive two hours to see a band? I was like, oh, I've driven much further to see this band. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I really like the Mandalorian. Um, it was funny. Uh, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was kind of, eh. Uh, it, it was a slow build. It, towards the end, I was like, "Oh no, I really like this," um, and I loved Andor, which I was not expecting to. I like thought Andor was amazing. Yeah, you know, because it's different. Everything's different about it. Yeah, different themes, different droids, different characters. The whole prison stuff was amazing. Well, that's the thing. I was like, if you had told me ten years ago, hey, they're going to make a show that shows like the trickle down of how the Empire influences like the workforce and you know local politics I'm, I would have been like I don't care about that stuff yeah. at all and it was great it was great. it was great and yeah I can't wait uh, the only one that was really a dud for me was the book of Boba Fett there's a few episodes I thought were great but it, it got kind of can't be by the end yeah and I mean the little you know cotton candy motorcycle gang and I was just like <sighs> yeah okay but I think also because Boba Fett was like my guy for such a long time so much of what's attractive about that character from the 80s is you knew nothing about him. So you could imprint whatever you wanted on him. So when someone's like, no, this is what he did, you're like, not in my head. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's kind of like the world of uh, the rock music we grew up with. I, I'm not going to mention their names, but I, I love so many more indie rockers before they were the, on the internet. You know? Right. Like, oh, God, I love you so much more when I knew nothing about you. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the difficult thing. It's funny, though, you know, because... They've been saying for decades, you know, don't meet your heroes, don't meet your heroes. But I've also met enough people whose music I admire that are absolute sweethearts, and I'm just like, oh, there's there's awesome people and yeah, there's totally. assholes everywhere. So, um, yeah, I mean, one of the times I saw Mark Lanigan was singing with Queens of the Stone Age when 
Dave Grohl was playing with him. It was, you know, it was before Songs for the Deaf came out. He did like three weeks of touring and he's the only one after the show that came out and like talked to people on the street and was an absolute sweetheart. I mean, you know, you guys toured with him, but you know, so whenever people are like, I wonder if he's really that nice. I'm like, <laughs> I think he is. So. I never met him, but he, yeah. you know, it's funny when I, we were on tour with Lollapalooza when they were on and he would walk around He's an intimidating character. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I was like 23, 24 at the time. I was very intimidated. I didn't talk to him because I was very intimidated. Sure. This tall, dark dude yeah. with the shades on, just wandering around. Right. Like, I'm staying out of his way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it wasn't a bad interaction. I was just intimidated, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Um, I'm also pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Uh, cats or dogs? I, like, I love cats. Yeah. You know, I love the two. They're... they're Amazing creatures. Yeah. I love dogs, too, but uh, I've had cats in my life for a long time now. Sure. Uh, does that kind of... Do you think having been a musician your entire adult life and, like, having to leave for certain times, certain amounts of times where cats can kind of be left to their own devices, it's lended itself to that, or am I overthinking it? Uh, I, I would just say it's because of my, you know, my, my partner and wife, the reason why... We have cats. I mean, yeah. she, she, I didn't really have grow up with cats. She always had cats, yeah. and it's just kind of been a part of my lifestyle, so, you know? Yeah, because she's pretty involved in, like, the adoption. And, yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what's It doesn't have to be the ultimate one, but what's a favorite book that you have? Uh, I've been reading lots of books lately. Um, I've, read, I've read, like, uh, tons of books. I'd say the best book I've read recently was The Crossing by Colin McCarthy. Yeah. I read the whole Border Trilogy. Um, it, you know, it was some of the best stuff I've ever read in my life, but it, it goes into your soul and tears you apart. Yeah. Um, but The Crossing was amazing. I mean, it really stuck with me. Yeah, I haven't checked. I, I remember, I think you posted about it on social media, and I was like, I haven't seen that one yet. Or read yeah, that I mean, it's, they're amazing stories. I mean, yeah. They really will tear you up. You know, it's, it's certainly the hard part. Nothing happy, nothing happy happens. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. 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 <laughs> and anytime you think something good's going to happen, you just get destroyed. Yeah. But, uh, Crossing was amazing. I mean, the, uh, all the pretty horses, the crossing, and the um, cities on the plane. Those are the three books. Yeah. But the, I thought, I thought the all the pretty horses was amazing. Beautiful love story. Yeah. The crossing was amazing. Uh, cities on the plane was a like Godfather three. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I need this, but I'm going to watch it. Sure. You know? <laughs> sure. sure. Um, but yeah, the crossing I would say is the best book I read of, as of recent. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And. Uh, it's a very important question that everyone gets asked this when, when they're a kid, and then as we get older, people stop asking us, but uh, what's your favorite dinosaur? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think too much about dinosaurs. <laughs> um, I should, because I work in the tattoo shop, and I see lots of dino tats. Right. Um, I'll just think of ones that look coolest. There's tattoos, pterodactyls, and, or, or tyrannosaurus, you know, probably. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. Well... Appreciate you taking the time no problem, yet again, man. and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight. And had a had a great time last last night. Awesome, too. man! Thank awesome. you for coming all the support over the years. Absolutely, absolutely.